Hello and welcome to episode 1063 of The Sleeper and the Bust. It is Tuesday, June 7th. I'm your host, Paul Spore, joined this morning by Justin Mason. Justin, I wasn't sure if it was 1063, but it was. <laughs> um, our episode got posted out of order. Mine and yours from Friday. Supposed to auto go up on Friday night, and my dumbass didn't check it over the weekend. And then I saw that you posted with, uh, with Johnny, and I was like, oh, okay, cool, but where's ours? But it's up now, so pardon to those who are listening to it late. If they're, I know we talked about some stuff that would have been actionable for the weekend. I'm going to take the L on that. I did schedule it, but for some reason, sometimes we're that's my bad too. I, I, I usually check it and like, and yeah, you sure. give me a nudge, but I'm not blaming yeah. you. That's on me. I'm sorry, but it's up. Uh, people could have listened to it last night, so we are caught back up. It is 1063. How you doing, Justin? I'm doing all right. I'm getting ready for a heat wave. It, oh. uh, we're, we're supposed to hit triple digits here, uh, I think tomorrow, and we're the, there, yeah, triple digits all week. Um, I'm not ready for that. Um, especially because I, I think it's supposed to be 101 when I played my first softball game of the season on Thursday. You had practice recently, right? We mm-hmm. talked about that, and now you're uh, you got game game coming up. Yeah. So when's that? Uh, this week, Thursday. Yeah, th- Thursday. Gonna Excellent. you know taking on the uh, defending league champs. Ooh, um, coming out the gates know. firing. Yeah, that that's never. Our team name is the Bad News Bears, and we totally um, live up to it. Yeah, we absolutely live up to the, the moniker. Uh, so this is going to be an ugly game. Um, I'll, I'll report back on Friday. But Yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm eager to hear how it goes and how well I'm, you hit. I'm going to predict a, a 13-5 to final score. So. Well, I hope you get some of those ribbies because I know they back up. They see your size. They're like, oh, I got to back up. But yep. then you doink it in front of them and you're just hitting singles all day. You're not a prideful man. You no. Take your base hits. No. no I'm, yeah. I, I, uh, I'll i take exactly what is given to me, which is uh, little base hits. I respect that. Getting on yep. base like crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got some guys who are getting on base like crazy like that. Not, not really that smooth of a transition. We're going to talk about some rising <laughs> stars. Check in with them. See where they're at. Some guys that were really popular in spring, uh, you know, call out uh, uh, bold prediction type guys, people that, you know, a lot of folks across the industry and just in fantasy in, in general bought in on, and we want to see where they're at. A lot of them are doing well. Some aren't. I kind of want to get your thoughts. But first, I want to talk about Hunter Green yesterday. Now, I will say for the most part, even the people dealing with the volatility of Hunter Green should have gotten this start. Um, I don't say this with hindsight. Um, I thought he was a two. I thought he was a go this week with the two step, and you know that's kind of my first check through of whether or not I should roster a guy if I can't start him on a two step. I don't automatically cut a guy, but I need to start asking questions. Yeah, because we got a question about that on Twitter. I don't know if you saw it or not. Thor, right? Yeah, someone was like, "Hey, you know, if I can't start Thor on two step, gets Boston and the Mets." Hopefully, you did because he actually pitched well against uh, Boston last night, but. I would um, should I be dropping him? But I wouldn't have cut him if I didn't. Yes, um, I, I, I don't. I think that when when we say like if you can't start him on a two step, it's more of a matter of like yeah, you, you, there really needs to be a reason you can't start him. Check in with yourself like, exactly. Yeah. Figure out why you can't. Because and if you can't start him way. on a two step, even against two good teams, like when are you going to start him? Is I think becomes the next question. So it's not an exactly. automatic drop. But it is an automatic, hey, I need to really, really evaluate how I feel about this player. Exactly. And that's the whole point of that that rubric of mm-hmm. understanding, okay, now I need to ask some questions and really see. Now, with Thor, you can say I'm scared right now. The Ks haven't been there. I'm taking this off, but I don't want to cut him. And I get that. So, yeah, I'm glad you clarified on that because it isn't just so cut and dried. I have – like I benched Paul Blackburn. I didn't cut him on the two-step. And if I can, I wish I had benched Madison Bumgarner last night. <laughs> yeah, because he was opposing Hunter Green in that. So um, now, little little consternation here. First off, hats off to Green. He beasted, and most people that have him should have rostered it because it was Arizona and at St. Louis, a two step that you should definitely be playing. How do you feel about points leagues grading that as a complete game and a shutout for seven innings of rain shortened ball? I feel like that's the correct call. It is a shutout. It is a complete game. It's not his fault. The game was not his fault. I grant that. Yeah, I mean that's what it, it is. What it is. I still think Madison Bumgarner's no hitter from uh, was it 
with the seven inning no no yeah yeah, i think that's a no hitter it should be graded as such the fact that it's especially that one that was scheduled seven innings yeah um yeah let me ask you this then if you were commissioning a points league Mm -hmm. and the outlets in question added a you know when you're checking off the tick boxes if it says shut out parenthesis nine in and then shut out no parenthesis nine in so it's any shutout like these which would you check um at the beginning of a season obviously you're not going back and changing anything right now and don't change anything folks if you didn't like this but your rule has it don't you can't change it you cannot change a rule after the fact after the season started whoever has this hunter green shutout if they get a cheap shout out, that's fine. But what would you choose at the beginning of a year? Would you want them to be nine innings if the if the site allowed it to be a minimum nine, hmm. or would you just take them as they come, including ones like this? I think you take them as they come. Like it's, I mean, this is, uh, you know, this is what baseball is, right? Games can be shortened because of rain. So yeah, um, I'm not I'm against the, it. I know there. I'm sure there were some people who were upset. Um, yeah. Or, uh, you know, were were. Or very happy, you know. You know, I'm sure he was a popular DFS play because Arizona has been so bad recently. Yeah, um, especially offensively. So our boy Johnny, your, your guest on Sunday, I believe, was <laughs> was against it. Um, let me pull up his tweets here. I don't want to. I don't want to misquote him, but I think he was he was not so keen on it. CBS Fantasy counts Hunter Green range shortened game as complete game shutout. Wolf, that's some dirty luck for Monday. Quality start and win for sure, but CG and SO, come on, that's not right. If there are bonuses awarded, there should be a nine-inning minimum. You can make a nine-inning minimum, but absent that being stated at the beginning, I got—I think I got to disagree yeah. with him. Yeah, I mean, it's—I mean, it is what it is. It's a complete game shutout. He went the complete game. He shut out the other team. Like that's—I um, I, I love Johnny. He was great to have on the pod on. Uh, on Sunday, but um, and that's yeah, not a CBS choice. My yeah. ESPN league had that. This is an MLB situation. This is yeah. a draft. Like everyone's following MLB on that. So I'm with it. Again, if they offered a solution that said nine in only, I- I'm okay to that too. If my league says that, basically, I go with where the rules are. Or or have a league constitution that yes. states, and then your manager or your your commissioner can go back in and change yes. the point pool. as long as it's on the books you know yes. that i'm fine with it if it's on the books because I, I it's on me to read the rules then right so absolutely i'm fine with it i'm glad hunter green popped off um he gets at st louis this week if you are in a daily league situation are you taking the shot on that one um since you can be more more uh judicious with your and with it's your at story. it's at st louis right at st louis which is actually probably a benefit yeah, um, I wouldn't want him at St. Ed. Man, he at was Sin so Day. filthy last night. But like, you know, one of the things I wrote in in the Roto Write Up when I was writing him up last night was, you know, he's a guy who pitch to pitch can lose command and control, yeah. much less game to game. Um, Which means he's matchup proof, but also what what's the opposite of matchup proof? Like. Anybody can get him when he's off, but he can yeah. get anybody when he's on. So you're betting if Hunter Green's going to be on. Let me give you a couple tidbits. St. Louis, 14th in WRC Plus against righties. Fourth lowest strikeout rate at 19.6%. Does that change anything for you on Green if you're able to What's their walk percentage, do you know? Their walk rate is 8%, which is probably about average. Let me rank it for you. I mean, there's a lot of ties here. They are 14th, but there are... Well, actually, the 8.5 is ahead of them. So, yeah, they're, they're about mid-pack walk rate. Yeah, I'd probably roll with it, especially because being in St. Louis, you're protected a little bit by that stadium. Yeah. Um, and the strikeout. I, I, I mean, you're going to get strikeouts either way. Like Even when he's given up, like, five walks and three home runs, yeah. he still strikes out seven. So, like, you're still yeah. going to at least get the strikeouts at worst. Uh, at best, you get what we saw last night, which is, I mean, I don't think he would have been able to go the distance if he probably- hadn't. Green probably could have gone the eighth. Yeah. He yeah, he was at 87 eight. pitches, so I don't think he was going nine. But, um, yeah, I mean, when he is – when his command and control is in check, he is unhittable. He um, can't be touched. Saw, yeah, we saw that last night. He just was – you know, because the, the more impressive thing was zero walks last night. Yes, that was exactly – and that's back-to-back games. Because even against Boston when he got beat up, three and two-thirds, I know I'm taking something from a four-earned outing, but it was zero walks. Mm-hmm. So now we've got 10 and two thirds now with zero walks in a row. Let me look at his last game. 
throw on three more innings from the Cubs game as well at the last three innings there. So you got 13 and two-thirds, no walks. It's a baby step for Hunter Green, but a, a step nonetheless. So yeah. I just want to give him some shine and talk about that scoring situation because I saw some people kind of uh, peeved by it. If it's on the books, it's on the books. I'm chill with it. You can change it for next year, but I don't th- I don't think it's any sort of uh, foul play there or anything. No. I get Johnny's point, but I stick with, he's wrong. Uh, with the ruling there. I do love him, but he's wrong. wrong. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, let's talk about some guys that uh, that were really popular, like rising star types. They're not all super young. Uh, our first baseman at this in this year is a little bit of an older guy, but he was a big popular pick to break out this year. And I just want to give you some uh, idea of where they stand so far this year. Get your kind of check-in thoughts with them Today because – whoops, sorry, I had that uh, – you ever have a YouTube tab that you open, but you never clicked on it? So then when you go to that tab, it starts auto-playing. That. That's what happened there. I don't know when I opened that video. It's from May 30th. I've had that tab open for a week, and I didn't watch it. Sorry to that creator. Anyway, um, let's start at catcher with Kybert Ruiz. Now, he was a very popular pick. He was, you know, a top 10 catcher type. I totally was down with that personally. You know, I, I bought in on that. I like Kybert Ruiz. He ranks 17th right now, and I realize I should have quizzed you on these instead of putting them on the sheet, but he was the ninth taken catcher in main events. He's 17th so far this year for Kybert Ruiz. He has a 255 average, 327 OBP, 346 slug with just one homer, a surprising three stolen bases, 15 runs, 12 SBs. He does have the 10% strikeout rate, 9% walk. The skills are still there, but he's only 17th. I know you're not going to cut him, so I'm not even going to ask you that. But I'm curious where you stand with Kybert right now. And then uh, in a two-catcher league, I know you won't cut him. I'm going to ask you about some one-catcher situations if you might cut him there. But go ahead and give us your thoughts on Kybert Ruiz, 42 games into his first full season as a big leaguer. I think he's kind of a buy low right now. Okay. 93.5% zone contact. Um you know, he's a, a pretty kind of nice uh, launch angle at 16, de- or sorry, thir- 13 degrees. So maybe he needs to come up a little bit, actually. Um, XBA is 314, so he's been getting a bit unlucky, uh, you know, as things start to warm up in Washington. Uh, I think the ball's going to, you know, we're seeing the balls start to fly yeah. more uh, already around the country, but I think that's an even more beneficial spot for him. Um, I, I like Ruiz, uh, and, um, I, I know there are going to be people who are disappointed by kind of one home run, but I think the big question coming into the season was like, how much power are we really going to see? Yeah. Um, I think more, it was going to be a matter of you're taking this guy. So he does, you know, you're getting a catcher one or a catcher two that isn't going to actively hurt you. Um, and because that's batting average, even at 255 yeah. is, mm-hmm. is positive because batting averages are so crappy that like, but he, he makes so much zone contact that I think he's, he's going to be fine. Like he's going to, his still batting average batting is going to come up. Yeah. Kyber it's going to come up. Eighth. So, uh, so I, yeah, I would cutting. actually, if somebody cuts him in my league, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be actively looking to try to pick him up. So I would too, but um, let me quiz you on some one catcher situations. Okay. If you might consider it. Because Kybert Ruiz is 76% rostered over at uh, ESPN Yahoo combined. It's 80 ESPN, 73 Yahoo. But I'm going to give their composite uh, rankings the rest of the way, their, their roster rates. Alejandro Kirk is 54%. He's fifth at catcher. Would you make that swap in a one catcher league? Yes, okay. I would. I, I, I mean, I like uh, it. It's, it's, I'm, I'm in a weird contact. I'm in a weird situation where I had in, in tout, I have Kirk and I, I drafted Kirk and I drafted uh, Rushman. Um, but I also, when Rushman was, you know, some of the minors, I picked up MJ Melendez and I cannot trade any catcher for like, I'm not I, trying to one up you, but I have the same situation in tout. I drafted Jansen and Rushman. And so while waiting on Rushman, I acquired Jonah Heim, and I even still have Max Stassi, who I just need to get rid of. He can be cut, but then I still have three catchers for two spots. So I'm right there with you. And uh, it's it's wild. And like I need the roster spot. Like, I mean, I'm I'm close You're to desperately tra- trying to trade. No one will trade for this is a 15 team two catcher. Nobody league. needs a catcher. Nobody will trade for him. Like uh, I 
like for any of them. Like I've tried to trade, you know, Rutschman. I've tried. That's the uh, route I was going to take was probably to try to trade. I've tried to trade Kirk. Um, like just, you know, but I, I may end up like having to just drop Rushman, which I don't want to do. Um, God, that's tough. Yeah. No one will trade for them. I, I don't. Well, tra- and that, by, by the way, that's why. And I think you probably noticed that listeners have noticed that we don't do this as much as like a solution to things. We don't do. just trade them, just trade them. That's always like, that's kind of a, a cop-out fantasy solution. Like just trade one of the guys. It's like, yeah, that's a lot easier said than done. Well, trading is and- difficult. Unless you have an Ian Conn in your league or a Jake Seeley, trading is notoriously difficult to do in the industry leagues because, because they're public leagues and no one wants to be seen as losing a deal. Yeah, a getting got. Mm-hmm. Hundo P. To- totally agree there. Um, let's a oh, couple more. Okay. William Contreras is 41% rostered. He's a ninth catcher. Would you go William Contreras or Kybert Ruiz? Mm-hmm. That's close. Um, He's got seven homers, 292 average. I mean, William Contreras has been on fire. So is his brother, who's number one catcher, by the way. They are two two top ten catchers from the same family. That's that's very Molina-esque of them. Right? Um, how much is William playing, I think is the question. Pretty pretty sig- significantly, and I believe he's playing non, non-catching situations. Um, okay, no, he, he, his playing time got cut last week. You are correct to bring that up. So I think I would still go with Ruiz just because the floor is 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 much higher. Contreras um, was getting some left field burn. It yeah, like Duvall is is getting that back again. And with Harris but I mean that could up, end, that could end in a minute with how Duvall has dude, been. So he has a fifty five OPS plus. Yeah, Duvall does. Okay, last one, Jonah Heim. Six homers, 246 average. He's 10th. Ruiz is 17th. I think I'm still going Ruiz, but that's super close as well. And I can understand with Garver back, it's, uh, you know, the playing time just isn't going to be as plentiful for Heim. They they have been committing to Garver at DH, though. Mm -hmm. However, the bigger issue right now is that Sam Huff is taking time. Man, that that one that burns a little bit because I was all over Huff last year. So um, was I, and man, I do yeah. still like him, but I love Jonah Heim, and I'm torn. Right, like mm-hmm. they have three guys, and listen, at least they are understanding that. I picked up Garver Huff in a couple leagues, catch. including I think our main, um, just because he's only a few games away from getting catcher eligibility. Yep. I dig um, it. So I like uh, where your head's at on that one. How much money do you have left? Not much. I, I I didn't say I, that to dig. I really just I overspent that. on Erod. I got about two hundred dollars left. Um, okay, so I'm not in in Dalton Del Don area. Um, Twelve dollars for him. Yeah, you got yeah. one seventy five. You can you can make yeah that yeah. So I you know I got a hundred to spend before August, um, and then I have seventy five after that. Probably is the way it's going yeah, to work itself keep- up. But I yeah. had to. My offense is great in that league. I mean, mm-hmm. um, going and you into. Made- You've been going working into, on your pitching. Yeah, going into Fab I, um, on Sunday, I had the most amount of points offensively in the league. And so, um, it, but what's been mediocre has been my pitching. And so, I really wanted Chapman, and I was a runner up bid. Um, uh, put 92. Chapman. I mean, you put a good yeah. bid. Um, I, I didn't think they would get it. I didn't I, think I, my 88 would either, but I was like, I'm going to put something competitive ish. And we'll see what happens. But I think the fact that I put so much on Chapman made me like bust up my uh, Erod bid, um, and 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 kind of go, oh well, I need if I'm going to be aggressive on Chapman, then I need to be aggressive on, and I didn't need to be as aggressive on Erod. Well, here's the thing though: if that if the Erod thing doesn't work, you can just go cry on Twitter and blame the industry for that. Absolutely, because I wasn't in on him. Other people, no. yeah. And like um, you knew that he wasn't going to be good, but you still mm-hmm. drafted him. But you can just blame the people who forced yeah, him. Yeah, absolutely. And you just go crying <laughs> everywhere endlessly while thinking that you're in the right position and just show a stunning lack of self awareness. Absolutely. It would almost be impressive. Anyway, moving on. First base, Ty France, fourth at the position. This is our older guy who's not, um, you're going to notice like a rookie or a really young theme with a lot of these players. Ty France, a little bit more established, but this was kind of like, he had his believers, including both of us, 
um, who thought. Oh, whoa, I'm not. I'm not taking credit. Oh, pardon me. Pardon me. Not me. Just me. I was not. I was not in on on. I, th France. I thought you were on the France train as well. Uh, but yeah, we. You know, I was thinking, hey, he could hit for the big average again, but also add some power. So far, he has. He's fourth at first base since you came in as a non-believer. Has any of this turned you at all? Have you have you reassessed anything on Ty France? Where do you currently stand with Ty France? Um, he has been a better version of what I thought he would be. Um, and so like I don't feel like I'm taking an L necessarily. Yeah, yeah. Because I don't but, recall, like I said, I thought you were in. So I never I certainly don't recall you ever being like, nah, France sucks. I, He's gone. I felt he was gonna be like a low homers guy with like a 280 average. I think he's hitting 326. is like, that's whoa, crazy. like that's huge. Because he's not hitting for, let me say it for some power, but he's not hitting for a ton of power. Like he's not. He, yeah, actually his ISO is two points higher. It's not, he hasn't even really yeah. added more. Uh, but the 326 in today's era, that's like that's 400. Huge. That's, <laughs> that's insane. And that's, a, that's, I mean, that is money, especially when you're talking about a guy that you probably have as your CI or MI because he's multi-positional eligible. Yep. Um, he's just, he makes a ton of zone contact. Then we knew that he made, you know, a lot of good zone contact. Um, but 94.4% is probably up there with some of the, you know, probably top 10 or 15 in the league. Um, Definitely. you know, and he's, you know, he makes good contact. The, the problem with Ty France is, is the same problem as it's been before is so much of it's on the ground. Yeah, um, and that's why know, he not really looking like a 25 homer hitter, let alone 30. Yeah, plus. he's probably 22, 23 homers. Um, I mean, at this point, you got to project him for like 300 because I mean, <laughs> even his XBA is 312. So he's, he's, he's getting a little bit lucky, but not much. Like he's deserving a lot of this. Um, he's the one or one of the few bright spots. We're going to talk about another one here in that Seattle offense. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, yeah, I mean, I'll, I, I definitely, I definitely undershot him a little bit. I, he should have been a guy that I targeted more than I did, um, instead of targeting guys who like because he's a better version of Jonathan Scope, like in some ways. Like That's where, true. Yeah. Like it's not prodigious power, but it's great average. Like he's he he's the rock solid version of Jonathan Scope. Um, That's a good. That's a good way to put it. So uh, yeah, I mean, I kind of wish I had him. Well, I've got him on a team or two, but like I kind of wish I had him more spots. I'm sure you're loving this. Yeah, I I really am. I guess if I had one regret, it's that I don't have him in the main, either main. Mm. Um, and that was just getting sniped more than not having him. He was on the board. He was in the target list. I want to say that's one where Govier got me. One one of the one of the handful of real punishing uh, picks that Govier got from me although one of them that was my biggest complaint was when he took albies and i had to quote unquote settle for bets <laughs> i feel pretty good about that one now but uh the ty france one still stings and, yeah, does Govier, have time yeah he did get him in first second base i just i really like him he's been excellent one to give him a little bit of shine let me ask you um he's fourth right now at first base i i even as a big believer i don't believe he's going to finish there do you believe he finishes top 10 at first base with that batting average, absolutely. Yeah, I was going to say exactly that. I mean, uh, considering with, how, I mean. He I'll, could hit I'll 18 homers again and, and still get there, I think, if he hits. I'm going to double check it right now. But league batting average uh, this season. Or I'll ask, what is league batting average this season? 112? No, I'm just kidding. Um, it feels like it, right? 238. 240. Oh, almost nailed That's, it. So yeah, 326.0. Are you kidding me? Huge. Can you give talking us about batting it. average for last year for context? I can't. Um, going to 2021. Uh, 244. Four points for the league-wide average. For those that don't understand, that is colossal. Mm -hmm. Four points for a player, that's one good day. For a, the league, that is astronomical. I mean, it, it's yeah. it's massive. It's a massive move. And, even and with averages to, to get up. some uh, player hitting 86 points above league average. That's I mean, filthy. It, that, that's unreal. Yeah, That's filthy. So shouts to Ty France, just a little bit of a uh, 
little bit of a victory lap for Ty France. Still got to finish it off there, but I love what he's doing. Let's talk one that I'm late to the party on that you have been on, but I'm I'm joining. I'm getting on the bandwagon late. You guys slowed down the train for me to jump on the Andres Jimenez bandwagon because he's fun as hell to watch. And that's really what I've been. It, it's it's the it's the game watching and seeing him that I'm like, damn. Everyone was right. This guy is exciting. He does have a, an interesting future, and he's off to a good start. He's only 23 years old, by the way, too. So even if mm-hmm. he didn't quite, even if he doesn't quite get over the hump this year and maybe levels off a bit, there's still plenty of time. But he's eighth at second base. I think one of the big things holding him back right now maybe is a little bit of playing time because he isn't playing every day. But everything else has been there for Jimenez. Um, he's hitting 307 with seven homers, four steals, 19 runs. 29 ribbies um, over at second base. I think he has shortstop eligibility too. So he gives you the double middles and middle, of course. So that's three positions that he's eligible for. I can't, the craziest thing is that the guy ahead of him is Tyro Estrada at seventh. How good has he been? Uh, but anyway, Jimenez, a guy that you've liked. You were in on, I believe, quite a bit last year. Did you double down mm-hmm. this year with him? Not as much as I wish I had. Okay. Um, but well, how have you enjoying the, the fast breakout so far? The, the early start? I mean, I'm loving it. It feels, I don't want to say fraudulent because it's not fraudulent, um, but it feels like it can, it's got to end at some point. Um, you know, we're talking, skills. we're talking about a 3% walk rate, <laughs> um, a below average zone contact rate. Uh, I'm just uh, like when he makes contact in the zone, it is good contact. Yep. Um, and you know, and it, it's not um, – he doesn't try to hit the ball over the fence. Like, what he's done is kind of perfect for what we've seen with the dead ball, which is if you put the ball in the air too much, it's just going to fall at the warning track. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, he, he, he said, hey, I'm just going to spray the ball, uh, and it's working. Um, in spite of the fact that he's got below average zone contact, um, he – you know, his XBA is just right around 300. So, like, he's – He's deserved a lot of what he's he's gotten so far, and he's fast, so he's going to steal bases. I just worry that at some point the hits aren't going to fall as, as much as they have been, and, and the average will come down. And there's not a ton of power or a ton of speed yet. Um, you know, seven home runs, four stolen bases, nothing to sneeze at. I'm not bad for Jimenez. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Especially for a guy you got as late as you did with Jimenez. Um mm-hmm. That being said, I do. I just worry just a little bit that it's it's there's regression coming. Yeah, um, it, it's got hot snap written mm-hmm. all over it. I totally yeah. agree with that for uh, for Jimenez because those plate skills, um, you know, aren't fully backing it up. Strikeouts are down very little. Like you mentioned, he's got a three sixty one Babbitt right now, which he like, can maintain a high Babbitt, but that's still yeah. You still have to project that to come down, and he's two xed his homer to fly ball. Jimenez, yeah, he's got yeah. To 22 yeah. percent so things are working out very well that doesn't mean that i would necessarily jump off here because like you said the investment cost wasn't so much he's probably your mi uh mm-hmm. so i don't think you have to get out from under this but let's do some comparisons here and talk about some guys see who you're more interested in rest of year do you think Whit merrifield can catch him and, and surpass him from here forward i think he can i, I think i would take wit yeah. Well. Would, would you now? I don't know that there's a lot of challenge trades that are going to be done here. I, I think I, better, honestly, I don't know that you can trade. I don't think you should. Minutes. You won't get full um, value. And that and that's the reason because I think like often people are like, well, yeah, just trade the guy. But who's trading for Jimenez? Like no one is like or overpaying for him too. Like if they're yeah. trading for him, they're giving you something comparable. Like um i like think they're giving you something less comparable than what he's probably worth you think they give you like tyler molly yeah and i mean and that's I love fine molly, but i mean i know it, like and i do too even though he's a half pitcher and of course he beasts out against hopefully your boys cincinnati trains in cincinnati train that'd be him. amazing that'd be amazing trade him trade him even though this doesn't make any sense because they shouldn't buy a 30 year old pitcher trade him to oakland please just for the love of god <laughs> trade trade him the mets Hey, that would work. That would work. We like we like uh, City Field. Um, all right. So, what about Jorge Polanco is nineteenth, and Jimenez is eighth. Where where are their finishes at the end of the year? I think they're right around each other. I think okay. they're I think they're right there. Um, I think it kind of depends on what you need. I think that Polanco has more power. Pop. 
Um, I think Jimenez has more batting average. So I think it kind of depends on what your team context looks like there. Uh, But I think that's a lot closer. And I don't think they'd be valued the same. So, like, if you had um, Jimenez or if if you had Polanco, you could probably get Jimenez plus. I agree. I agree. What about this one? Now, you have not taken any victory laps on this guy. He did have three homers over the weekend, to which you pointed out he's still below average. But Brendan Rodgers, he's at a 95 WRC plus with his six (laughs) homers, half of which came in one game. He's sitting there at 15 to Jimenez's eighth at second base. This is the Rasball player Raider. How close are they by season's end? You like I don't, think, that, you I don't, like I, I don't think they're close. I don't think they're particularly close at all. Um, you still think Rodgers can fall off? I Yeah, I mean, Rodgers, like he, he's still, like you said, 95 WRC+. He still has not even been an average player um, hey, in hey, baseball. Hey, it's like, because WRC plus is too punishing on Rockies. That's what I'm going to put my hat on. No, he, <laughs> 743 he has the, OPS. We, we said that um, uh, somebody uh, was the the bad or the good version. Or yeah, yeah. Uh, Ty France is like the, the, the rock solid yeah. version of Jonathan Scope. Uh, yeah. Brennan Rogers is the bad version of that's Ty France. Actually like that's accurate. Yep. Yeah. Because like you're going for average with a little bit lesser power and it's in Colorado, so you'd expect it to be the better Ty France, but it's the worst because worse. of the volatility and just general annoyance. Well, and then you have to throw in the fact you don't get multi-position eligibility with Rodgers. And... You do now. You do now. He has both oh. now. Oh, uh, you didn't you... coming into the season, but you do That's now. right. Um, and But you don't get, like, like, Ty France has a pretty good injury history. Brendan Rodgers does not. Does not. Um, and, I mean, as bad as Seattle's played, Seattle's better than uh, the Colorado. Colorado, yeah, easily. Yeah. So I still love Rodgers. For those that don't know, he and I, Justin, I went back and forth on Rodgers quite a bit. I, I don't blame you, by the way. I will say I'm with you on Jimenez over him. I'll, t- I'll tell you, bit, which when he had that, when Rodgers had that day the other day, um, I was happy for him because the look on my wife's face, because she drafted Rodgers <laughs> on your recommendation, the look on her face is like, oh my God, he had another one. Like, <laughs> Seeing like her like the get excitement. excited about fantasy and about like because usually she's just excited about the Giants like and yeah. so like watching like she's having just a great season she was in first place uh, I think earlier this week um, in her TGFBI league and fourth place in her other league um, uh, and seeing her get excited is like oh this is really cool you know that I don't is think fun she's never gonna play again she said but that, she's that, she's, she's having a great last year, year though, yeah too, but we'll see um, yeah when Jen won a um when she won a, a DraftKings, her mm-hmm. excitement was just yeah unmatched and it was awesome i was like i'm glad to lose because seeing her this happy over something that brings me that kind of joy Speak with your boy having really cool. good DraftKings, bro season. you're having a I'm, really nice really, season yeah so yeah you play uh, more consistently now you mentioned that not really i mean playing a more. little bit more consistently but um, not a ton. Um, I'm, I'm playing like th- three to four days a week. That's kind of fine. Just, uh, I mean, you do but, 8 billion other things, but man, every night that we, that you send me lineups, you're green all over the place. Yeah. You're having a it's, good one. So. It's been I'm number one in tout daily right now, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. And, uh, maybe you had this guy early on, but if you've been drafting him lately, he's not been helping you as much. And that's Wander Franco. Now I'm not here to victory lap on anything. Cause I haven't won shit yet, but I am looking for those victory lappers from April who were dunking on me Mm. because I said I was moving him from my draft list just because I thought he was too expensive. It wasn't like an anti-wanders, a piece of shit or anything like that. It was his fantasy value is tied to batting average because I don't think he has enough game-changing power or speed, and that was my concern. But he hit, you know, like 400 through most of April, and so I'm getting laughed out of the room. And now we look up, and he's on the IL right now, but he's um, through May 30th, which is when he uh, he went on the IL, the 31st. He was pacing for 14 homers, 14 steals with a 270 average. Which is, which, like, right in line with what I thought he might do. Exactly. <laughs> what, and 97 runs, 72, uh, 68 ribbies. Like, pretty much exactly what I thought. I thought mm-hmm. a little bit higher average. Not bad. Again, I'm not here to dunk on Wander. But this is kind of what I was expecting and why I didn't want to pay the premium. I think next year, again, I compared this to Vlad 
pre-2021. I was like, we're a year early buying him in the fourth round for Wander. Get him next year. He's 19th at shortstop. What are your feelings on Wander Franco right now? Again, he's hurt, so we put that off to the side. Like That's a whole different consideration. But from what we've seen through two months, you said that he's pacing right where you thought he would go, so you probably haven't changed your feeling that much then. I, I haven't at all. I mean, um, I think he is an extremely talented player. I think at some point he is going to return first-round value in fantasy. Agreed. I just felt like it was too early. Like you, yep. I don't think the power is completely developed. Tampa Bay is not a great place to hit in to begin with. Um, yeah, the, the start was amazing. Um, but I, I think he is, um, I mean, what I think he's DJ LeMay asked before the DJ LeMay breakout. So yeah, I think guy, that's fair with a little bit know. more speed, maybe Yeah, like a good player, but just like very <laughs> difficult for him to get back in the fourth round. And here's the thing too, even when some of the projections had Wander Franco's value at like a fourth round. I didn't like the way it fit the team mm -hmm. with like 17 homers and 14 steals uh, with the, I, I, the average and runs. I, I grant that, but with a fourth rounder, I want more impact in one of the, one of the categories that's tougher. Like the homers yeah. or, or not, not homers aren't tough to get, but you need a billion of them or steals. Um, I don't want to put everything on batting averages, so that's why I faded him this year. And I haven't won. This is not a victory lap at all, but I, I wanted to check in with him, and I, I was actually surprised that he had I'm, fallen to 19th. Yeah. I, I mean, the stolen bases early were a surprise. Like, the, yes. my, my, one of my biggest issues was, like, I don't know if he's getting to double to the stolen bases. And he was trending like he was going to crush that um, early in the season. He had one stolen base in the month of May. Oof. Uh, yeah, yeah, he was pacing so. for 26 after April. Uh, and you're like, here we go, 34-26 pace. Surely that'll hold. And, and I don't think he's going to end up being like an atrocious pick or anything like no, that. No, like no, 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 as long as he floor. Gets, yeah, as long as he gets back healthy, like I think he's probably going to hit 280. He'll probably finish with double-digit home runs and like seven or eight stolen bases, which is and fine. So, and to that but end like, – go ahead. I'm sorry. I thought that was uh, just, I, I don't think – I think people – were wishing upon a star with his upside. And so I, they, yeah, okay. And they were, but is that's probably, that's okay. Right. Cause we do that with some of our guys where we're like, we'll take this floor, but we're trying to get the ceiling. You and I just didn't really you, like, you shouldn't be doing that in the fourth round. Though. Exactly. We didn't like the cost yeah. to do that. I, I had him as that like my 10th or 11th short star. I took well, and I think that was a mistake too. too. I don't. So, uh, but I also feel like he has more transcendent power and speed. So I think he's even different than Franco. I think the big difference for me, and, and I agree, he does have more transcendent. He has seven homers, and, eight steals. I think the difference was the the location. I think being in Kansas City, they knew they weren't competing. If he struggled, there was no, there's no way, like there was no reason for Bobby Witt to go back down or lose playing time. Um, but Tampa Bay, one, they play a very sabermetric game. They don't want guys getting run run out on the bases. You know, there is a shot if he's just awful, he gets set back down or loses playing time because they love to the platoon in Tampa Bay. I think that's where you can make the argument that maybe Bobby Witt Jr. was the the right call. I still think it was too early for Bobby Witt. I mean, he's in 219. It was. Like, he's, mm -hmm. he is our next guy, though. Let's go ahead and go to him. He's ninth at third base, which is still pretty good, though. Um, like obviously, a, you know, I think this tells you how bad third base is. Though. Yeah, twelfth like, at twelfth at shortstop, ninth at third base for Bobby Witt. Um, seven homers, nine steals. It also tells you that it, it helps highlight that a, a two nineteen average isn't as damaging, which we've been trying to convey all year. In fact, earlier in the show, we talked about the batting average and where it's at. So, two nineteen. Not going to sit here and pretend it's good. It's absolutely not. But it doesn't ruin your team the way a 219 used to. Uh, it's it's more of like a, a 240, the, the way a 240 used to be kind of deal. Um, he's pacing for 22 homers, 25 steals. So you get 2020. Let's say he gets the average up to like 235 with 90, 90 runs, 90 ribs. How would you feel about that? 2020, 90, 90, 200. I, I feel probably pretty good at, about it. Or, I mean, I don't know if I feel – I mean, it's still a fourth-round pick. But um, I think he's going to be fine. Um, you know, a lot of uh, – Since Bobby May, Witt Jr. we're talking about. Yeah, way, Bobby Witt Jr. since May 1st. So, cutting out the first month of the season or, first, or April, um, seven home runs, 
four stolen bases, 221 batting average. Um, it's been a lot, a lot uh, more impactful since that yeah, first month. I mean, which... and, the, and that's running with a 244 Babbitt, which we, we feel guys, his speed and his power should, uh, or how hard he is the ball, should be a little bit higher. I, I think he's going to end up being fine. I think he's going to end up, honestly, I think he, he probably ends up being um, lo- or looking like a pretty darn good pick. Uh, in spite of the fact that you overspent on him, um, but then did I? If he if he reaches it, did I overspend? No, that, it is a conundrum. I'm not. I'm not being yeah. cheeky. Like I, because I wrestle with. I that mean, too. yeah, yes, because I think um, I couldn't get you know, him with another pre- with my fifth rounder. He wasn't. He wouldn't have been there. No, he wouldn't have been there. And like I said, and I said at the time, like if you wanted him on your team, that's the price you're going to have to pay. And at the end of the day your draft price doesn't matter as much as we try to make it out to be just put together the most cohesive team. Um, You know, there, that being said, was it the wrong decision? Probably like it's, you know, you know, we, we preach process over results and I think it, it probably was a bad process at the same time. If it works out, it works out. You're not going like you're not gonna if you win money because of it, you're not gonna hand back the money and say, "Listen, my process was Listen, flawed. I just got I really lucky didn't here." Show my work. Or, yeah. <laughs> the only, the only shortstop that went that I would have probably redone it. You know, if, if we if we ran this draft ten times, I would have taken this guy maybe eight and and wit twice was Lindor. I appreciate you saying that because I'm the one who took Lindor. I know, and you have Lindor, and he's been great. He, he, Lindor's you know been, was a steal Lindor. where I got him. Of he course, just, he was. He just, uh, early fifth was I, silly. I don't think you thought he would get back that far. No shot. Um, yeah. um, I thought he was should have gone like pretty much right after I picked. I wasn't even much of a Lindor win. guy, but it was an, it was insta, yeah. you know, pick when uh, when he came to me in that spot. In the you think of... Dave Potts would would have liked him instead of Robbie Ray? There, I'm not trying to pick on Dave Potts, but you talked about your pitching hitting split. He's tied with you in the top hitting. I, he yeah. has seven and a half pitching points. He's got like my birth team, which is it, yeah. that is that is tough. I mean, that's just a rush of everything not working the right mm-hmm. way. Like again, Dave Potts, brilliant player. So I'm not here shitting on him. I, I know I don't need those caveats, but just so no one gets twisted. Um, but yeah, like and, Wheeler and a fantastic fantastic person and a fantastic guitar player. I don't know if you've ever heard. Oh, of I didn't even guitar. know that. Oh, of course, yeah. multi-talented. Um, he he is a he is a like um if you are friends with him on Facebook, he posts uh videos of him playing music. Like he is a legit really good That's awesome. Player. Yeah. That's awesome. I mean, I, again, I'm not surprised. Just a, a, a all-around great dude. Amazing dude. Yeah. Capable uh capable talent every I mean, how do you fix seven and a half pitching though? He basically needs Lance Lynn to come back and be a god. He needs Robbie Ray to figure some shit out. I mean, I don't even know. I don't even know if it's fixable at this point. Um, and I didn't say that just to diss him. I just wanted to bring that up earlier when you mentioned your office. It's hard because like I, I'm in this a similar situation in tout where like my team is fantastic outside of my ERA and wit. And now we're moving to a point in the season in which the balls are starting to fly out. Exactly. Like it's gonna become harder to stream. And so like if you're already buying the eight ball in your ratios um or in your pitching, like it's not gonna be easy. No, to, that's the brutal like, part for you and Dave. Like when everyone else was getting 1.2 ERAs from Matt Martin Perez, you guys, y'all's ERAs were I'm, shooting up. In tout, I'm giving it to the end of the month to try to rehab my ERA and win. And if you're, you're going, otherwise, I'm just going to double punt those categories and, and just try and try to, but it'll be hard because like, uh, um, uh, Derek Van Riper's offense is like legitimately like the best in our league. Could um, you? So you'll try to win strikeouts and win. I'll try to win everything else. Yeah. Do you have I, good I, closers? Yes. Okay. I drafted like three. five closers in this league. So you win the other three pitching, and then just crush offense. Mm-hmm. Good. I hope. I hope you do. Let's move on. Let's go to the outfield. I got two outfielders and two pitchers, and then we'll get out of here. Uh, you mentioned that Ty France is not the only bright spot on the Mariners in the otherwise disappointing season. They're five games under. They can still turn it around. Unlike an upstart like the Tigers or the Royals, teams that had some expectation, those two teams cannot turn it around. Mariners at 25 and 30 absolutely can. And they were on a higher level than those two teams too. I just lumped those three as three teams that were kind of on the rise. Um, Julio Rodriguez, and I think I made this joke a few episodes ago, but if you just woke up from a coma – 
I don't know if I could have convinced you that he was hitting 188 at some point in this year. And I'm not talking like the first five games. I'm talking like the first month of the year. His batting average was in the tank, but the steals always protected Julio Rodriguez's value. Mm-hmm. And now you look up and he has a 277, 332, 432 line. And you wouldn't even know that he was struggling initially. And since April, if you just lop off April, he has seven homers and eight steals. Good for a 33-38 pace. If you include April, he has seven homers, so he didn't hit one in April, and 17 steals. Good for a 21-51 pace. Bottom line, he's been elite. He'll be a fringe first-rounder next year, firm second-rounder in my opinion, maybe even higher if he has an even better summer. But uh, where are you on J-Rod here, and did you get any of him as the price started to soar late in draft season, or did you get in early on draft season? I did, and I got to give a shout-out to my boy, Matt Thompson, um, because Matt Thompson came to me in February, and, you know, Matt and I, you know, we've run Friends for Benefits uh, together with Mike Warner um, for years, uh, you know, he, and, you know, uh, does we've had him on the show, too. Yeah, I've had him on the show. We, you sent me a clip from you and him making puns about Joe Adele. Uh, from years ago, I randomly uh, found <laughs> that too, and I was very happy. I knew I figured out why I couldn't find it when I wanted to. It's because Joe changed his his twi- Twitter handle, so I couldn't mm. look at it by finding it that way. But I randomly stumbled on it. Anyway, continue. You and Matt uh, were talking in February. Matt came. Matt Matt will sometimes just like randomly send me tidbits of things he's heard, um, and in I think it was like yeah late late February early March. He said. Um, he said, Julio Rodriguez is going to make the team. And your ears perked up instantly, I bet. And I went, well, what? <laughs> um, he goes, I, I think he's going to make the team. Uh, so this was before any of the beat writers had. You know, early on it, yeah. Um, the guys at Prospect Live, like, they've got legit sources. Like, they're, they're, uh, they're a fantastic organization. Um, and uh, and so I started scooping up shares of Julio Rodriguez. That's awesome. Um, for super super cheap before anybody else. Um, my only uh, regret is not getting more um, because I didn't get him in the main. Um, I wish I had, uh, but I did get him for two dollars, like in tout and in my in my auction. Um, uh, so yeah, um, I'm I'm a big Julio Rodriguez like or. Uh, he is at this point right now. He is Starling Marte. Yes. Um, and we're talking about a guy who's in the first half season of his career, and he's already <laughs> Starling Marte. Yeah. Um, without the injury health, or without the. No, I think there history. might be some regression in batting average. Sure. Um, I'm fine with be, saying he that. He doesn't make a Maybe ton not, of. Though. He doesn't make a ton of zone contact. He also hits the ball on the ground quite a bit. Um, and so, like, I, and that's why I use Starling Marte because Starling Marte, especially like, like earlier on in his career, was a guy who sometimes he hit 300, sometimes he hit 255, mm-hmm. but you knew you were getting double digit home runs and 30 plus stolen bases. Exactly. Um, and I think that's what Rodriguez is right now um, with the potential that he's so young and so talented that if he went 30 30 this year, I would not be surprised. Nope, we wouldn't even have an eye at this point. I, I know you said he's a fringe first rounder. He is a lock in the first round for me next year. I, I think I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. I was just trying to be a conservative and say that I, I think he'll go in some first rounds, but I I think you could be right that he just is a firm first rounder with that yeah. speed, especially and the pop. Obviously, it kind of will depend on how he finishes, but there's no reason he's to also he's a good defender. Off. Yes, he is. He's a great all-around player. Julio Rodriguez has really shown, like, this is what we thought Jared Kelnick could do, right? Yeah. And I wonder how many people were worried about Julio based on Kelnick, even though they're two distinct players. Yeah. But I know that happened. Like, I, I know that happened because I remember it crossing my mind. Maybe I'm just projecting because I thought it. But I can't be the only one who thought at least at one point to, like, pause and say – what about Kelnick? And then I said, no, that's I, awful process. Judge them independently. So Colin and I actually in a 12 teamer, our, our OC that we did, we, we bought him. We, and this was high. This was like two days before um, the regular season started. We paid sixth round and we just said, forget it. We want to have a J rod share. And we, we, we bought big. I think no, it, no regrets so far. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, he went in like the third round of my other main. Um, That's uh, and I mean, it was, and, and I was going, I just can't, I can't pull a third round on, on a guy that like, because on top of like the the Kalnick back thoughts, you also had the the realization that that seemed like a loaded outfield to start the season. Yes, exactly. It is not a loaded outfield because Mitch Haniger got hurt and Kalnick is uh, um, brutal, awful. Um, I hope he's. I hope he turns. It I hope like, so this, too, man. But guys, there's just really no reason he should be this bad. But like, they don't he, fix K rates like that. There is so little history <laughs> to fixing a thirty percent K rate, five hundred plate appearances into your career. Like, and I he's just, at thirty four percent in AAA now too. Uh, that's what I was trying to look up. Um, it's it's scary. This feels Kelly. like a mental thing. With like, Kelly, I agree. I agree. Um, this feels like the hitter version of Mackenzie Gore. Like he That's just call. like that a year from now, he's going to be a guy that breaks out because he just gets some time away, clears his head um, and gets back to just being because, I mean, he he never showed these issues. No, he, coming up to the majors. Kelnick was not a huge swing and miss guy in the minors. No. And so, like, I don't think that. Like I think I think this is like ninety percent mental. Like I, I like that comparison too, because even if it's not fully the the gore thing, it reminds you to step back and realize that Kelnick's twenty two. It's yeah. not over. Yep. Even if he doesn't get all the way back the way Gore seems to have at least so far this year, there is room to improve from here. Do not completely quit Kelnick. I understand if you're off of him for this year right now, but do not completely quit this guy and just say in oh, dynasty never leagues. I would try to gobble up. Is many definitely getting a discount. Yeah, um, and think about the discounts you could have gotten on Gore in Dynasty. Yeah, he now, got dropped could, in lots of Dynasty. Leagues, it could like. have gone the Forrest Whitley route, right? Like this is this is a positive outcome here. But um, but uh, the difference with Whitley was like there were some like actual physical signs. Like we heard off the field like, stuff too. Yeah, and there were, and I think the physical signs were. The off the field stuff yeah, because yeah. we heard about weight loss and things like that and um you know there's clearly he, some sort of he might have just issues. lost his way a bit so yeah I, i'm i'm pulling for whitley i hope he has a rebound where we're like damn remember force whitley he's back relieving mm-hmm. himself or even starting him but i'm just i saying, just hope like, it doesn't take the time that like it took matt bush like exactly you know, like, or an incident of all yeah. of this, like a, a heinous like crime. Matt bush, yeah. yeah like matt bush yeah like matt bush so uh i don't want to say incident and downplay the heinous crime that yeah. he committed but also i'm somebody that believes that matt bush served his time so i don't just always bring that up mm-hmm. to like shit on still him my still my favorite piece ever written was my matt bush article and i like i don't want to turn into a whole thing on that but like you're not giving you're not uh giving him applause for anything that he did yeah. but is there no room to acknowledge somebody who has grown from he redeemed their, himself he, that's what i'm ways. saying so i think he, he still has to live with the life though. It, like you exactly. know it's not it, like no i don't even think he killed him right i thought i thought it was i mean oh maybe maybe just i shouldn't he, say he, i'm not trying to downplay it either but i i think he ran over the guy but i don't think mm-hmm. it was murder but he had to go he went to prison he was broken like he was bottom mm-hmm. of the barrel and deserved everything he got uh matt bush did in terms mm-hmm. of getting in trouble but Man, you should. People really tell on themselves when they show how little they ab- actually believe in uh, rehabilitation, because they still hate Matt Bush and they they mm-hmm. want to bring up every time that he did. Like it's like, damn, dude. If he is a shitty person again, you can bring up his past shittiness. But at that point, I don't know. Anyway, I, I've gone off on a tangent. Yeah. Here. <laughs> I hope Forrest Whitley gets back on track. J Rod's a god. Don't quit on Jared Kelnick. Andrew Vaughn. He's only the fifty-second outfielder, which is not like eye-poppingly amazing it's still obviously pretty good because don't forget you know 12 team league we need five outfielders a piece minimum that's 60 so he's a starting outfielder there plus you factor in guys from the outfield will be used elsewhere so he's easily starting his run is somewhat recent in terms of really turning it around um and and exploding in this month here um or i guess may now that we're in june um actually no i have it reversed April was good. He smoothed out a bit in May, but the bottom line is he has an 839 OPS right now, 298, 342, 497 for um, Andrew Vaughn, six homers, 23 ribbies, only 15 runs. Part of that's batting lower in the order. Um, I, again, I had his reverse. I thought he was better in May than he was April, 
But uh, where are you on Andrew Vaughn right now? He's playing every day. Part of that is they don't have anybody else to play. But yeah, we knew that they weren't going to give up on him against righties, though. Like, right, he platooned a bit last year. I didn't really see any reason why he wouldn't be a full-timer this year. But he's now batting second and, and kicking ass against righties and lefties. Will these runs go up? Is Andrew Vaughn breaking out? Where do you stand on the 24-year-old right-hander? Andrew Vaughn is going to be this guy that um, I end up trying to target a lot next year, but I think everybody does. Um, yeah, especially if he doesn't quite like. Because uh, I don't think he's OPS plus right now. I don't think. I don't think it. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be like the huge Andrew Vaughn year. Because what happens when Eloy comes back? They, they they're going to need to DH Eloy, and are they going to yeah. want to put Vaughn out in the outfield full time? They will. Uh, Sheets and Paul we, will lose time. We've said that before, though. Like I, I and trust, they did though. I trust Tony Vaughn La Russa nine. Vaughn always plays. Vaughn just, always plays. Pollock. Mm. Oh, you think Pollock's gonna be healthy? That's a door. Yeah, I mean, that's a fair. That's a, that's a fair. Uh, like they'll just trade. Pollock will go on the IL when Eloy gets back. Vaughn is not coming out of the lineup right now for anything. He's going to have to really hit a slump for that to happen. So don't focus on that part of it. Let's focus on the skills. Where do you stand on his skills with unencumbered playing time right now? If you want to say that you're worried when Eloy gets back, I accept that. I, I don't fully agree, but I accept that as a comment. But what do you think right now when the playing time is is rich and flowing? Is Andrew Vaughn somebody to you know blindly start in yes. all formats? Yes, I, he, he is really, really good. Um, I think so too. Uh in spite of, you know, like not being a very good defender. Um, so like, you know, I, I think new position, by the way, yeah. too, let's say, mm -hmm. and this is why I think like next year he is a legit breakout candidate because this is Jose Abreu's last year. Um, mm -hmm. and, um, and so I assume he will move full time to either DH or first base, um, and, and be a full time player, a amazing zone contact for a power hitter, um, you know, he's a guy that uh, hits the ball extremely hard. Uh, I'd love to see him raise the launch angle a little bit, a few too many ground balls. Get a little bit uh, more pop going, yep. Yeah, uh, but, uh, I mean, like, he he legitimately is going to be uh, – like, right now, I think he is um, a younger version of Ty France in some ways. Like he, I, I can see that with, with Andrew um, Vaughn. Yep. With – I, I and – you know him being so young, and there is there being so much power in that bat. I think a raise and launch angle could have a mat. He could have a massive year. So um, let's say let's say he finishes with like twenty three homers, two seventy average, solid runs and ribbies. Are you taking him around like pick one twenty next year for Andrew Vaughn? Yeah, is that, is that where mm -hmm. you're trying to get him like eighth ninth round type? And maybe yeah. even higher. Yeah, you might have to bounce him in certain leagues higher. But I, I think, yeah, because, I mean, that was the this year that Josh Bell, CJ Crone. I was trying to get the um, names, and area. I couldn't get them because I was looking in the outfield. Jared you went Walsh. to first base, and you found yeah. the right names. Yep. Yeah, those like that guys. was that area, and I think that's where he will probably – he'll get drafted in that kind of same area again and be one of my top-tier targets there. Yep. Same here. I love I love Andrew Vaughn. He's been great so far, and I, I really like him um, to continue to be good. And, and there's more upside. I do think there's 30 homers in the future. Maybe not even next year. It might even be the year after. He's only 24, so there's plenty yeah. of time for him to still be. He's a, needs to raise that launch angle just yes, a little he does. bit. Yeah. Let's talk about a couple pitchers who are panning out. They were darlings um, with their with their distinct camps. I'm not saying there was no over overlap, but you know there were the Sandy Alcantara believers out there big time. I'll raise my hand on that. There were the Alec Manoa believers. Big I'll time. raise my hand on that. And I will put mine down because I did. I had that that battle that you have where you love a player, but you don't love them for fantasy. I was nervous about the platoon split, the division, a little bit of a burgeoning home run issue because he's a two-pitch guy. He is sixth. Manoa is on the player Raider. Sandy is third. Uh, where were you on Sandy coming into the year? Um, I, I was – I kind of put him – in a, a position or you know a, a rank on my uh, my ranks like where i was never gonna get him uh but but it was still like but it was still 12 you know, yeah but, like but there were there was there was a you know a sandy fan in every draft yes. like 
he was going in the top 10 of every league in, in, in starting pitcher. Um, and I was never going to get him because I never had him in the top 10. Um, I wish I had, I really do. Um, uh, I just, I didn't know if we were going to see kind of a continuance of, uh, kind of the breakout and it hasn't been like, we haven't seen like growth or, or even that much, um, building upon, but what we have seen is just like the safest of floors with him. And like this just, is why I liked him so much yeah. was because with Sandy, he didn't need to grow to be great. And the reason I had so much pushback for those that were anti Sandy Sandy camp was I didn't find the, the negative argument compelling at all. They're like, well, you know, you're buying, you're buying on the come with him. I'm like, not really. I can get a repeat of next year, and it will not kill me for 205 innings of a 319, 107. That's a huge thing is the 205 innings. Like He is a horse. He does he's an stuff absolute as a horse. horse. He leads um, the league in innings right now, and that offsets the strikeout rate issues because the volume of innings can counterbalance that. He has just as many strikeouts right now as Hunter Green and Carlos Rodon. He needed more yeah. innings to do it, but at the bottom, at the end of the day, but he's the always going to get those more innings, and that's why I love him. That's why I and, love Sandy. And this is this is one of those um, times in which I don't really deserve an L, but I'll, I'm going to take an L here because I respect that. These are the guys that I tend to target because they're innings workhorses, and I love those kind of guys. And for some reason, I was I was not in on him. In the way I should, I should have You're looked Lance at the Lynn guy, right? I am. I was a huge yeah. Lance Lynn guy, um, and I should have looked at the profile and go, "This is just a younger version of a Lance Lynn, and exactly. in a better park, um, on a team that will let him pitch through struggles because they're not going to be good anyways." Yeah, what are they um, doing? And yeah, this um, this was, uh, I think, one of those situations that. I I wasn't ready to believe the breakout, and instead of taking the name off of the resume and going, just look at what he's doing, I should have been like, yeah, this is... I talked myself out of it because I wasn't ready to believe in the breakout, and um, that, that was poor decision-making, and I should have been targeting him. He should have been a top seven or eight pitcher for me, and he wasn't. You know... I think I could say more or less all of that similar vibe for Manoa. Because, again, I love Manoa, but I couldn't get there fantasy-wise for the reasons that I've highlighted. Now, I will say those aren't all covered, but I'm not going to sit here and try to finagle anything but a fat L. He has six wins tied for most American League, 198 ERA, .91 whip for Alec Manoa. Yes, he still has a little bit of a platoon issue, but when you give up a 366 OPS – to righties, your 765 against lefties is just not going to hurt you that much. The home run rate is, it was not a burgeoning home run problem when he allowed one point, uh, one homer per nine last year. He's down to 0.7, and the division hasn't been that crazy. Now, the strikeout rate is on, it's, it's Sandy esque, where he's needed the volume to kind of counterbalance it uh, with 57 Ks and 63 and two thirds. But you can't deny what Manoa is doing. Mm -hmm. um, I'll gladly eat the L because, like I said, it's a player I root for. So it's easy to be like, hey, I did get it wrong, but I like the guy. So I'm I'm, I'm okay with that. But uh, where do you stand on Manoa? Where were you on him coming into the year? And how has his first, um, what is this, eight starts or ten starts changed anything, if at all? It doesn't change anything for me. I mean, he's, he's kind of turning into the pitcher I was hoping he'd turn into. He was one of those guys that I had to make a concerted effort at the end of draft season to get because I – you know, I came into kind of some of my bigger drafts and went, I don't have Manoa anywhere. I got no um, Manoa. Um, and so, like, Shelly and I pushed him up in the tag team league. I put to, pushed him up in another league. Um, and I got more aggressive on Manoa and been, you know, extremely happy with the returns. He's He's got a sub 3% barrel rate. Um, <laughs> That's the thing. Right that now. Like, he's just so gross, dude. He, he does not let you make hard contact. Uh, you know, some mm -hmm. of the best hard contact numbers for a pitcher in the league. Um, you know, he's become aggressive, getting a lot of first pitch strikes, which really sets up that slider later on. Um, yeah, I love Manoa. I think, I mean, I think the breakout is legitimate. Uh, and he, there's something brewing in, like, I know Hyunjin Ryu's hurt and stuff like that, but like after seeing the Robbie Ray breakout in Toronto and now seeing 
you know, the Manoa breakout. There's something brewing a little bit in that in that pitching staff in uh, Pete Walker, in Toronto. Baby. Pitching yeah. coach and mm-hmm. favorable park, not as not as mm-hmm. uh, punishing anymore, as well. Our boy Stripling back in the rotation, maybe he gets a little something going while uh, he we threw, threw decently last night. Pitched brilliantly, found that yeah. no strikeout team, the low strikeout Royals. So he pitched a contact and it didn't get it didn't hurt mm-hmm. him at all. So, uh, but anyway, just some check in on some folks that are that are doing well there. We're gonna play a little bit more of that next uh, next time out, but I'm gonna have you guess. I'll I'll, I'll okay. be guessing with that's uh, gonna go really, really poorly. But yeah, I'm, with a bunch of guys who were expected to do well who aren't. So mm. you'll have to, you know, it'll be star level players who aren't in the top 10. And I'll figure oh, out where yeah. you're at with them. We'll use it as a way to kind of check in on some more guys on the negative end. But these guys are mostly doing well. Even Franco who was the lowest here, you're not worried. You're not cutting you're not doing anything except playing him as soon as he gets back, just checking in with him to see where he's at and kind of underlining at least after the big April, why Justin and I really weren't changing our opinion. We still like him, just mm-hmm. not as much fantasy wise, but uh, some, some opinion changes here. I'm on the Menes train should have listened to you earlier, but you finally got me there. And now I, uh, now I enjoy watching him quite a bit, picked him up in my 12 team mixer. He was still available last week. I think it's because he's not playing all, all the time, and that does hurt him a little bit, but I needed the speeds. Uh, I'll tell you, um, uh, I, I, I made some pickups the last few weeks where I was like, how is this guy still available? In, in, in smart, like, you know, deep leagues. Like, I, I think too often, like, we just kind of like, hey, you know, I'm just going to pick up the top guy on my waiver wire and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Spend time looking at your waiver wire. Spend time looking at your leaks drops. Like sometimes I, you don't have to make a move too. Like sometimes you don't yeah. have a cut because some people are cutting guys and I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah. Um, I picked up Michael Walker in our main in a two, uh, two step this week. And he just went out and shoved against uh, He threw a he, shut piece at yeah. the angels. You devil. I can't believe you got him. And, and also picked him up in, in tout wars. Like, like, yeah, just double check. Like, I don't care what league depth you're in. Um, go like never go assume check. anything. Yeah, go check your your. That's really the issue, and we say that all the time for good reason. I checked the Jimenez one, going, "Oh, he's not going to be available," and then he was. Mm-hmm. I was like, "Holy shit, I'll take him." So anyway, I really have to pee, um, so we have to go. I, baby, <laughs> I got a little ant bladder, so I made it. I made it the whole hour, but I got to get going. We'll be back on Friday. Uh, until then, Justin, have a good one. Take it easy. <laughs>